On the virtual Bible study tonight, we want to, well, talk about studying the Bible. Yeah, it's the virtual Bible study, and we want to talk about Bible study and uh, some pointers about how to do it and how to do it properly and why we should do it. Uh, it's a topic that was actually suggested to us by a, a new listener to our program, and so we thought it was a pretty good suggestion. We're going to go with it. All right, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to get started right now. It's time for this week's edition of the Virtual Bible Study. The Virtual Bible Study is a live, Internet-only call-in program dedicated to the honest study and discussion of God's Word. Do you have a question about something in the Bible? Or are you simply interested in learning more about the Scriptures? If so, we hope you'll stay tuned tonight as we look into the pages of God's Word. The Virtual Bible Study is brought to you this time each week by the College View Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. You can participate in the discussion tonight by calling 93 93- one three eight one four five six seven or by emailing your questions or comments from collegeview.com we hope you'll take out your bibles and study along with us as we begin an exciting study of god's word on this edition of the virtual bible study we're uh, live on the virtual bible study for thursday august 1st 2019 thank you for joining us on the program tonight my name is jacob gwynn my father greg greg gwynn is here hello dad uh good to be with you jacob kyle is behind the controls kyle welcome that's good to be here glad that you're here and glad that you're listening on the other end of the line we'd like to have your voice heard on the program tonight at 877-381-4567. You can email questions at collegeview.com. You can sign in and chat with other listeners who are signing in there. Dwight's in Iowa, Lou's in Minnesota, and, uh, well, you can sign in and chat with other listeners tonight on the virtual Bible study. You want to check out our website, collegeview.com, and you get there from thevirtualbiblestudy.com to uh, find audio from our recent community Bible study. If you haven't listened to that, one on how we need God in our fam- our country, one on how we need God in our family. Both of them are very important lessons, and if you haven't listened to those yet, check those out. And uh, check out our sermon podcast uh, feed as well from our website. Uh, check out videos uh, from uh, our services. Kyle, you're posting uh, sermons every week, uh, every service. You can see the uh, sermon, and you can watch live if you happen to be available to do that during our service times. Yeah, yeah. We're uh, streaming them. It's a whole catalog of uh, lessons, a playlist. You can just click on the playlist and do uh, several different lessons we're going through right now. So we're just we got a good thing going. Uh, explain so, the playlist to me. Are you doing like by topic? Yeah, which we have a uh, right now. We're studying. Uh, we just finished up Colossians, so there'll be a. So we have a Colossians playlist. There's a. We have Ephesians in there, and uh, we have a good lesson on the eldership and just uh, different little topics that we're as we progress. They'll be added to the playlist. All so, right. Good. Yeah. Thanks for doing that, Kyle. That's good. And uh, check it out. If you've got comments about that, uh, suggestions or feedback, questions at collegeview.com. Maybe you hear something in a sermon you got a question about. Maybe it sparks a, something, to, a question in your mind. Send an email to questions at collegeview.com, and we can talk about it further. Yeah. Uh, we had a little issue going on there at the start. We had to delete a uh, – we, we got the video start. Our, our stream started tonight, and then we, we had a snafu, and we had to delete that. So uh, if you're trying – I don't know. Some people may be missing us because they need to refresh their browser now to catch our new stream going out. So uh, we put that in the chat room. Refresh your browser if you're not seeing us. Uh, but, of course, you're not seeing us. You're not hearing that instruction either. So, uh, But we're, we're glad to be uh, up and live and ready to go on the virtual Bible study. All right. So last week, a listener suggested... And, and we don't want to get our listeners' hopes up. You're not. We can't cover your topics always immediately. But, yeah, yeah but. Th- this was from a new listener named Sean, 
And uh, yeah, Sean, uh, you're getting, you're getting you good treatment. Here, yeah, Sean. we moved you that line. But you know, we would do that to anybody who sent us a good suggestion for yeah. a, a topic that needs yeah. to be discussed. Uh, but Sean got right in there, and, and we're glad that he's listening to the Virgin Bible Study. Yeah. So Sean's question last week was, uh, how do we, how should we study the Bible? Because yeah. Sean wants to. Be ready to give an answer of the reason to the hope that's sent within him. First Peter 3.15, exactly right. We're and all supposed to be able to, to answer people who ask us about our hope. And, and obviously that requires diligent Bible study. It does. And maybe we ought to, we, we'll talk about what that, maybe what that verse means as well. But so how do you do that? How do you get more familiar with the Bible? And I think, I think if we took a survey, everybody listening tonight, including you and me, would like to be more familiar with the Bible. We'd like to know more about it. So how can we get to that point? Yeah. So we sent out this topic earlier today to our update list, and we always remind you to get on that list if you're not by sending us an email to questions at collegeview.com, questions at collegeview.com, and just say add me to the list. Several people have been requesting to be added recently, by the way, and we're always glad to get more on our mailing list. Um, And so we sent out these questions. Number one, why should we study the Bible? List as many reasons as possible about the benefits of Bible study. So I think that would be an important starting place. I mean, I could study gourmet cooking, but I don't. I don't see any advantage personally. I don't see any. I'm sure some people might see an advantage, but I don't see any big advantage. I'm not going to invest a lot of time and learn how to be a gourmet cook. I just don't want to do that. Mm -hmm. So. In order to be motivated to study, we need to see what are the benefits, are the benefits? to us. Okay. Number two, give some practical suggestions that might make Bible study a regular part of your schedule. I was kind of interested to see what people would say about when they study, where they study, how they study, that sort of thing. Okay. And then the heart of the matter, number three, what are the basic rules of Bible study that help us properly understand the Bible? All right. So we'll, we'll, we'll take those on in, in that manner. Let's start out with why to study the Bible. What, what are the, the benefits? Why would I want to? Yeah, and, yeah. and we actually have a, a, an email from our listener, Sean. Yep. Uh, go ahead, Jay, read that one. Sean said, I believe we should study the Bible in order to learn and understand the will of God so we can live in a way that's pleasing to him. Also, we should study so we can draw closer to God and Jesus and also be able to help others when they have questions. Now, that's a great, uh, uh, set of reasons there from uh, Sean. For, he says we need to study the Bible so we can learn and understand God's will. Yeah. Now, you know, I think to, we could back that up even one step farther. We need to understand that God's will is a blessing to us. And if we knew that, if we understand that, that understand that 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 this, this, there's there's things in the God's will that are well, all, everything in there is for my good. Then I ought to be wanting to study it so I can learn it, so that I can live it. And 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 by doing that, I will be pleasing to God. Yeah, uh, what, what Sean said is exactly right. By studying the Bible, we learn about God. We learn what his mind is and what he desires from us. Uh, and, and I had this scripture in my notes from 1 Corinthians chapter 2, beginning verse 9. It is written, I have not seen nor ear heard, neither have entered into the heart of man the things which God has prepared for them that love him. But God hath revealed them unto us by his Spirit. For the Spirit searcheth all things, yea, the deep things of God. For what man knoweth the things of a man, save the Spirit of man which is in him? Even so, the things of God knoweth no man but the Spirit of God. Now we have received not the Spirit of the world, but the Spirit which is of God, that we might know the things that are freely given to us of God, which things also we speak, not in the words which man wisdom teacheth, but which the Holy Ghost teacheth, comparing spiritual things with spiritual. Now get what Paul's saying there. You know, 
just like I can't read your mind, Jacob. I might think I can. I might mm-hmm. guess at what you're thinking about, but I can't really know what you're thinking mm-hmm. in your mind unless you choose to tell me. Right. And Paul's making that argument about God. We we couldn't know the mind of God unless God chose to tell us what is on his mind, and he did. And and Paul speaks of the process of inspiration. We speak the things of God in the words that the Holy Ghost teaches. He's talking about the fact that he and other inspired men, the will of God, the mind of God was revealed to them, and, and, and they wrote it down and they spoke it in the very words that the Holy Spirit inspired them to use. And, and so think about that. The, the God of the universe, the creator of everything, the almighty God, has chosen to speak to us. Why should I study the Bible? Why would I not? Yeah. When you think about it that way, when you think about that this almighty creator has has chosen to reveal himself to us in this way. If we didn't have the Bible, we could, we could look around at the universe and say, man, there must be some superior force that caused all this to happen. There must be. But I don't know anything about him. I don't know anything about it. I don't know what it is. I don't know. But we're not left in that dilemma. So we look at the universe. We see the power of of the creation. And then the creator himself reveals himself in the Bible. It's an amazing thing. And that being the case, there ought to be anything more important for me to study and know than what he has had to say to me. All right. What do you think about that? Send us a comment in the chat room tonight. So it's from God for crying out loud. Why wouldn't you want to read it? You know, Presidents, when they get out of office, they might write a memoir. Yeah, presidential libraries are established and yeah, so forth. People, oh, they're, they're clamoring to read. What is on the president's mind? What does the president think? Well, we have the mind of God. Why in the world would, wouldn't, wouldn't we be clamoring to know more about that? All right. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Kent sent in an email from Georgia. Kent's our faithful correspondent from Calhoun, Georgia. And he said, we should study the Bible to know God's truth. We must know truth regarding who, uh, what we must do to be saved from sin and become a Christian, the importance of the one true New Testament church, how the church is organized, the work of the church, its limitations, how to worship God, how to live, family obligations, individual obligations as a Christian to be faithful to, God, uh, to Christ. We also need to study the Bible to know how to, a fallen Christian can be forgiven of sin. John 8, verse 32, uh, you shall know the truth and the truth shall make you free. So Kent suggests a, a, just a whole host of reasons that are all sort of subsets to what we were saying in the in the broad sense. We, we need to study to know the mind of God. And the mind of God revealed in the scripture includes all those things that Kent mentioned and even more. How would we know? For instance, he mentions, how would we know... Um, about the church how would we know how to worship that's a good question so i want to worship god how am i going to do that i don't know i mean i have no idea i don't know what does he does he want me to uh stand on my head in a corner for 30 minutes every day and call that worship or you know does he want me to paint my face with with uh, all all different kind of colors and and let my hair grow crazy long Mm. or i mean what does he want anyway well, I'm not left to wonder, and so it's all good. Well, what about my family? You know, I want my family to be a success. I want to have a happy and successful family. How am I going to do that? You know, that, this is high-stakes stuff. How am I going to know how to run my family, how things ought to be structured, how we ought to relate? I could maybe find a book or something that some man wrote, but I've got it in God's Word. Why wouldn't I read that and want to know more about yeah, that? Yeah, exactly right. right. 
Okay. Uh, uh, Dwight in Iowa sends in a note and says, Second Timothy 2.15 says, Study to show thyself approved. The word approved in Strong's means acceptable, tried, hence approved. The approval is of God. I study so that I can be approved of God. And, and that follows. So I study. I learn what God wants. And then I comply to what he wants. And I'm, I'm approved of God. There's your formula. Yeah. All right. And, and he mentions John eight thirty two. You shall know the truth and truth will make you free. Truth comes from studying God's word. God's word is truth and we study it. Exactly right. All right. 877-381-4567. Questions at collegeview.com. Why should we study the Bible? You know, to get motivated to do anything, I got to understand the benefit of it, you know. Uh, I don't uh, just uh, you know pound my head against the wall uh, just for fun. I want to know if there's a benefit to it. You yeah. know, if somebody said you pound your wall against your head against the wall for five minutes a day, you'll get smarter. Then I might start doing that. Yeah. But I need to know the I need to know the benefits. I need to know why I should do something. Why should we study the Bible? Um, along the lines that some of our correspondents have already mentioned, I but I put in my notes. It's it the Bible provides the only information we have about what we must do to be saved. You know, and and we're not able to to dream that up on our own. Jeremiah ten twenty three: The way of man is not in himself; it is not in man that walketh to direct his steps. Proverbs sixteen twenty five: There's a way that seemeth right in a man, but the end thereof are the ways of death. So if I go about to just guide my own life, I'm I'm destined for destruction. But God's truth will make me free. John eight thirty two: You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Jesus said in John seventeen seventeen, sanctify them through thy truth. Thy word is truth. And so I think we do need to get our hands around that, and that's that's a that's a challenge for us in this day and age, especially is that people think that we're, we're enlightened and we're, we're smarter than anybody else has ever lived. But the fact remains, we can't direct our own steps. We don't. There aren't any self help books that'll get the job done. No man has been able to write a book that'll tell me how to live my life in order to be pleasing to God. The only way I'm going to find out about that is from God's Word. Yeah, exactly right. All right. And it's going to make me free. Yeah. I don't think we understand that. I don't guess we understand really the, the bondage and slavery that we're in. We don't understand. Yeah, we don't understand how awful. Well, I we, hope we do. We try to. I think men in general don't comprehend the horribleness of sin. And don't, we don't spend enough time thinking about that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. yeah. Right. And I had one more thing on my list. And I think this is really an important consideration. The Bible helps me to have the best life now and in eternity. You know, I think so many people imagine that living like the Bible teaches is only about going to heaven. It's about going to heaven when you die. Um, well, it is. I mean, I mean, that's that's the ultimate thing that we're seeking. But the fact of the matter is that if I live the way the Bible says, my life is is protected here and now. I'm saved all kinds of suffering and heartache. Uh, that's not to say it's a, it's a you know a, a, a bed of roses necessarily always to live for the Lord. Some, sometimes Christians are harshly persecuted. Look at Jesus Himself, the perfect man, and how he was brutally mistreated. But in general, living after uh, the will of God helps me have a better life. As you mentioned earlier, my family is better. Uh, you know, all, all things are better when I try to live the way God, because God, God designed it that way. He's a loving God who put his rules in place for my well-being and yours. And so when we live that way, it's, it, we get it. Paul said in, in uh, first Timothy four, verse eight, I think uh, godliness has promise of the life that now is and the life 
which is to come. All right. I'll make uh, sure I got that yeah, right. First Timothy four verse eight. Yeah. You got it here in your notes. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Uh, we need to get a break. When we get back, we'll continue the discussion. We know why now. Our listeners have helped with that. If you've got some other reasons in the chat room, you might send them now. But when we get back, I guess how? How should we do it? What are some practical? Well, uh, yeah, how? And I want to start out with just sort of some interesting observations about how can what's some practical things that make it easier for me to be a student? Okay. Where to study, how to study, where to study, when? What are some of the, the environment I need to be in and so forth? Okay, we're going to get that on this side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Did you hear what they just said? Call in during this break and let everyone know what you think. The virtual Bible study continues after this announcement. I'm Dan Quillen, a member of the College U Church of Christ, with some thoughts about making plans. Have you made any definite plans for your spiritual life and for your service for God? We spend time prioritizing personal lives and setting goals in our careers, but do we think in those terms about the most important thing, our soul? Ask yourself these questions. What am I planning to do for God today? In the coming week, what good thoughts will I accomplish for him? At this time next year, where do I want to be in my spiritual life? In five years from now, how will I have changed, improved, and grown in my work for God? Ten years from today, how will my family be? How will I have helped them grow spiritually? Twenty years down the road, how will I be doing? As I approach death, what will have been the most important things in my life? Where will I be in eternity? Here's some quotes worth pondering. The Lord can do great things through people who don't care who gets the credit. A problem not worth praying about isn't worth worrying about. Life, the time God gives you to determine how you will spend eternity. Be more concerned what God thinks about you than what people think about you. Your life may be all that some know of the Bible. Sometimes we are so busy adding up our troubles that we forget to count our blessings. If what you're working for really matters, you'll give it all you've got. Man, wish I'd said that. Use your internet connection for something good. Listen to the virtual Bible study every week. Now, back to the program. Back on the program tonight as we talk about uh, studying the Bible and uh, we talked about the why. Let's talk about some tips uh, to help us uh, make it part of our regular daily schedule. Maybe yeah. our listeners could uh, chime in in the chat room and uh, and uh, suggest uh, ways that they uh, work it into their schedule or ideas on how we can do uh, to be more regular in that. Dwight sent some suggestions in tonight. Yeah, go ahead. He says, uh, just as many who have their routines with physical exercise, that first cup of coffee in the mornings, we have to discipline ourselves to study God's word. We all we do all these uh, other things daily without even batting an eye. Do this with God's word. I myself go to the kitchen table often to study with my coffee. I'm able to spread out my study material, Bible and paper to write notes. I have no TV or music myself doing uh, going to help concentrate. I also spend time listening to things like the virtual Bible study on certain topics I want to know about, but always compare everything no matter what. Or no matter who, to God's exactly work. Exactly right. I appreciate that, Dwight, and we do uh, we would expect that. Thank you. Yeah, uh, and uh, but I, I like his idea. You know, he, I think a proper environment is really important for effective study, uh, and so he Dwight go he goes to the kitchen table, but no TV, no music playing to distract you, get you thinking about other things you want to focus, and I think that that's really important. I, I know it is for me. I I, I just need it to be quiet. Uh, I like I, I I think the idea of, of setting aside a time a specific time of day is yep. important. Yep. Um, uh, for me, 
if uh, of course I, I'm I'm blessed because I got I get to spend time throughout the day studying, preparing lessons and sermons and so forth. So it's not just exactly the same for me, but just when I'm wanting to do my wanting to do daily Bible readings and so forth, uh, having a set time in the at the start of the day. Start of the day. Because if I wait till evening, something else will come up and and I won't get it done. So I find, but but you know what I also find is that that doing that at the start of the day gets your day started off with a spirit, sort of in a spiritual uh, vein, and and it sort of sets the tone for the day. Uh, I, I, it helps me to remember to pray. So in other words, if I if I set aside that time to study in the morning, it also then sort of gets me in in the the track of praying throughout the day. And so I just, I think the start of the day is better. But I'm not saying if, if somebody else says their time is better in the evening, I wouldn't argue with you about that at all. I'm just talking for myself. Okay. Here's what Sean says. He says we should set aside a specific time to study each day and try to be consistent. Find a quiet place with no distractions. Exactly, Sean. Yeah, so Sean's on the same brainwave there. And then Kent says we need to take time to study the Bible, allow for an adequate period of time to study, locate a place where it is appropriate to study, and make a proper distinction between reading the Bible and engaging in studying the Bible. Now, that's important, too, because you you can find yourself, you know, you're reading along, but you're not really, you're not digesting it. Yeah. He, he says make a proper distinction between reading the Bible and engaging I, in studying I the Bible. I think Kent's right about that. I think it's it's because I, I, I will catch myself just reading along, but not really, just reading the words, but not really absorbing them, not really yeah. thinking about the meaning of them. Yeah. And so, uh, we need to read, but we need to make sure we're reading make with sure comprehension. Our minds engaged. Exactly right. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, uh, but here's here's a key uh, with what those guys have said, and what I would add into that too is time and place, environment, quiet, thoughtful, but do it regularly. In other words, if if I if I say, oh, I want to start, I'm going to I'm going to start a study r- routine. And I do it once or twice, and then I drop off, and then it's another month before I get back to it again. You got to commit to it on a regular basis. Uh, I know here uh, in the church at College View, uh, for years we have been publishing a, a daily Bible reading calendar, right. uh, and we do it every year. We, uh, Lord willing, we'll do it again next year. What I like about that that calendar is it's a five day a week uh, assignment. Uh, and so it gives you a, a couple days, maybe on the weekend, to catch up if you had to miss a day for one reason or another. But you kind of, it, it kind, you're kind of committing yourself to stay on on target, stay on track. And and so something that sort of, and I'm not saying it, to do it that way, but I'm just saying that is one way. But do it some way that ensures that you're regularly engaging in Bible study. All right, eight seven seven three eight one four five six seven. If you'd like to comment uh, tonight. Uh, questions at collegeview.com. If you'd like to comment anytime you might be listening to this, uh, share your suggestions with us via email. On the idea of, of doing it regularly, Psalm 1, verses 1 and 2. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord, and, knows, and in his law doth he meditate day and night. The man who's blessed is, spends lots of time, regular time, meditating on the word of god day and night yeah and yeah. and and of course one of the very strong commendations that that we all remember from Acts 17 verse 11 the bereans 
These, the Bereans, were more noble than those in Thessalonica in that they received the word of God uh, with all readiness of mind and searched the scriptures daily, whether those things were so. And so their their regular involvement in Bible study was a commendation on their part. You know, there are a lot of distractions uh, as we think about thinking on meditating on God's law day and night. A lot of distractions, Kyle. Um, we can... You can put something in your ear anytime, day or night. Now um, you can you can be totally distracted, twenty four seven. Now, if you want to be, I guess it's maybe it's always been this way, but I think it's one of the biggest problems of the modern day is we want to be entertained, we want to be something in our input, either hearing it or seeing it. We want it twenty four hours a day, seven days a week. So I think it's, you know. Reading, reading these words, reading about who we got what, who who we got who, it's something like that's you know people because that's kind of boring. I don't want to do that, but it just if you, it's so helpful and so meaningful when you just you ingest this, and you'll see how it starts to affect your life daily. So I just it, yeah. it'll help. So exactly, we got to turn off the distractions. We're gonna yes. have, we got to un- un- oh un- yeah. Uh, we got we get and Satan's using those things to his advantage. Keep us distracted. You don't, and it doesn't, it's not necessarily sinful distractions. It's oh. not it's not like you're watching dirty movies, hmm. but you're just so busy that you don't have time for for things that are more important. That and that serves his purpose just as well. Yeah, I mean he can distract you on just totally innocent things. Yeah, the digestive system of a of a common ant or yeah. you know I mean you can read all about that now. You can yeah. spend all day learning about the digestive system of an insect or something. You know, yeah. there's nothing wrong with that, but. Is that really what we need to be spending our time on? Yeah. Okay. All right. Let's grab a break. When we come back, let's start talking about some of the the actual rules of Bible study. Rules of Bible study. We'll get that on the other side. Don't go anywhere. The virtual Bible study continues right after this. Now you can listen to a podcast of a recent sermon every week. Find out more at collegeview.com. There's more of the virtual Bible study right after these important messages. This is Greg Gwynn with this week's bullet point. Someone has observed, quote, one disadvantage of having nothing to do is that you can't stop and rest. Well said. There are many lazy people in our society who need to learn that lesson. There's some folks in the Lord's church that need to learn this principle also applies spiritually. The scriptures give us this promise, quote, I heard a voice from heaven saying unto me, write, blessed are the dead which die in the Lord from henceforth. Yea, saith the spirit that they may rest from their labors and their works do follow them. Revelation 14, verse 13. Rest from our labors is what we've been promised, but some Christians need to ask, what labors have I been engaged in? Have I been faithful in attendance? Have I shown my love for God and encouraged my brethren by attending every service, including Sunday night and Wednesday night? Have I tried to teach lost souls what they need to do to be saved? Have I been involved in various personal work efforts in the local congregation? Can I be counted on to teach classes when needed, or do I shirk from this responsibility, leaving it for others? Do I pitch in and help with chores of cleaning the building, doing repair work, preparing the communion, and so forth? Or do I simply expect others to get these jobs done? Do I gladly serve others, giving rides, visiting the sick, helping the needy, and admonishing the weak? Remember, the Lord has promised rest from our labors. But if we're not working now, we don't have anything to be looking forward to. No work, no rest. That's this week's bullet point. Think about it. Hi, my name is Hunter. I'm 11 years old, and I love listening to the virtual Bible study. Quit checking your email. The commercials are over, and the virtual Bible study is ready to roll. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program tonight. Remind you, this program is brought to you by the College of Church of Christ in Columbia, Tennessee. Find out more about us at our website, thevirtualbiblestudy.com. Stream those services. Check out our sermons. Check out our sermon podcast. And very importantly, we want you to comment and 
contact us if you've got any question or comment or a suggestion for a future edition of the Virtual Bible Study. Questions at collegeview.com is the email address to use. Yeah. So we're talking about how to study the Bible. We, we've talked about why, and we think it is so important. We're talking about now how to study the Bible. And our our listener, Sean, who suggested the topic, I think has offered a couple of really important observations here about the rules of Bible study. Okay. He said, we should learn how to rightly divide the word of truth, which I believe means to know if it is for us or was for the disciples and apostles. Old Testament is not what we live by. We live under the New Testament today. Uh, and so a couple things there. I, I want to jump on the last part first, and that is properly understand the divisions of the Bible, the Old Testament versus the New Testament, specifically the law of Moses in the Old Testament versus the the New Testament law of Jesus Christ. And I tell you, I think some of the biggest confusions in the religious world are due to the fact that people are not making that simple distinction between the Old Testament and the New. We live under the New Testament law of Jesus Christ. We do not live under the Old Testament law. We don't live under any part of the Old Testament law. Uh, and, and people are usually shocked when you say that we don't even live under the Ten Commandments that Moses gave to the Israelites. What? Uh, what? Uh, and so people, people usually get kind of up in arms when we make that observation. We quickly come back and, and explain that the principles of the Ten Commandments, nine of the ten, are repeated in the New Testament, either verbatim or in concept. We are not, the New Testament does not include the fourth commandment to remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. But other than that, the other nine commandments are stated verbatim or in principle in, in the New Testament. But we observe those rules not because they were Ten Commandments under Moses, but because they are stated in the New Testament. The the Old Testament has been uh, ser- the Old Testament served its purpose. There were actually different periods of time, even under the Old Testament. The early in the early time in the book of Genesis, for instance, God spoke to the patriarchs or fathers of families like Abraham. Isaac and Jacob. Uh, later, he gave the law to the Israelites through Moses on Mount Sinai. But the Old Testament law has been abolished. Colossians 2.14 says, blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us, which was contrary to us, took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Let no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink or in respect of a holy day or the new moon or of the Sabbath days. Uh, so that's that's been abolished. And if you don't make that distinction, you are in for a huge confusion because the Old Testament clearly tells us to do some things that we're not doing, like animal sacrifices, burning of incense, lighting of uh, candles. Right. Uh, um, it, it tells us, you know, certain things, certain foods we can eat and certain foods we can't eat. Right. Uh, I I don't know about you, Kyle, but I still like to go get catfish. You know, go get one of those all-you-can-eat catfish sure. dinners, or go eat pork barbecue. We love pork barbecue in the South. Under the law of Moses in the Old Testament, you can't you can't do that. Uh, and so, how do I make sense of all that? Well, I make sense of it the way Sean suggests. You got to understand the part of the Bible. All of the Bible is from God, and all of it has valuable information. But the par- the law that we live by is in the New Testament. It's the law of Jesus Christ. All right, uh, and you know you talk about different periods. There there were different periods in the Old Testament. The Gentiles in the Old Testament were under different 
obligations to God than the Jews were. The Jews were God's people, but there were still expectations for the Gentiles as well. But again, those those times have changed now. We're under the New Testament law. Uh, and But Sean then follows. He says, if the New Testament came into effect after Jesus died, then is Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John actually Old Testament, Sean wants to know? Well, they, Jesus lived his whole life under the law of Moses. Uh, yep. Uh, and so um, the, the law was in force. The law of Moses was in force until Jesus died on the cross. And nailed, we, we read Colossians 2, 14 and 16. Jesus nailed it to his cross. What we'd call we the, know when it ended. What we would call the Last Supper is Jesus observing the law of Moses, the law, the Passover regulations. Yeah. But what Jesus taught, while Jesus was teaching, he was teaching the principles of the kingdom. And in Luke 16, verse 16 it says, the law and the prophets were until John. Since that time, the kingdom of God is preached and every man presses into it. And so the, the, the kingdom principles, Jesus was teaching kingdom principles that came, they became law when he died on the cross and the Old Testament was abolished and the New Testament law of Christ took his place. Okay. Hopefully that helps. John, thank you for, for your comments and your questions tonight. All right. Uh, um, go ahead. Uh, one more point, just one more verse uh, that emphasizes that. Matthew 4.23, Matthew 4.23, Jesus went about all Galilee, notice, teaching in their synagogues and preaching the gospel of the kingdom and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. Notice, Jesus was teaching the gospel of the kingdom. That that kingdom came into being on the day of Pentecost in Acts 2, but Jesus was teaching the principles that would govern the kingdom while he was alive. All right. So when Jesus tells us to love our neighbor as ourselves, we get, oh, that's Old Testament. No, that's New Testament. That's what Jesus taught. We're followers. We're disciples of Christ. We need to be doing what he said. Yeah. Okay. Uh, should we take Kent's email? Because I know that Kent's going to step all over your, uh, your points for consideration tonight. You want to take Kent? Yeah, go ahead. Uh, we need to get it. Oh, let's see. Oh, we're, we're, no, good. We're, okay. we're good. Kent says there are several basic rules that will assist us in studying the Bible. Realize, realization that truth is knowable. He references John 8, verse 32. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. So that's the first one. As we go into this idea of studying the Bible, we don't need to approach the Bible as this is some kind of mystery that's sort of shrouded in darkness, and, well, you're never, you, you, you're never going to really be able to understand it. Jesus said we could understand it and know it, Kyle. That's right, which uh, I think it's... I think there's sometimes it's depending on what domination from, or you could be from Catholicism, that there's a a separation that only those who are bestowed, those who are you know in a priesthood or there's a laity that they they're the ones that understand this, and it's not for me to understand. I go to I go to my priest, I go to my pastor, whoever I go to him, and he'll tell me what the word says. But you know, the Bible says plenty says we can understand it ourselves. Yeah. And we can glean from it what we need to know ourselves. You know, I remember back in the college days, you know, you're going to calculus class. And there's some questions in your mind, you know, am I going to be able to understand this? Uh, I don't know. This, this is sort of intimidating. But imagine you went into that class and said, I can't figure this out. You, the first day of class, like, I'm never going to be able to learn this calculus stuff. Just give up for you. Are you going to? Are you going to pass that class? No, you're, you're never. You're not going to be successful. You, you go in thinking that it's impossible to figure it out. <laughs> the same way, I mean, I'm afraid people study, go to the Bible that way. You know, I'll read it, but I, there's no way I could understand it. Uh, I always appreciated Paul's statement in Ephesians three. 
He says, you have heard of the dispensation. This is Ephesians 3, verse 2, beginning. You have heard of the dispensation of the grace of God, which is given me to you, word, how that by revelation he made known to me the mystery, as I wrote a foreign few words, whereby when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Paul said it was revealed to me. I wrote it down. You can read it. You can understand it. In fact, in Ephesians chapter 5, verse 17, he says, Be not unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So we're actually commanded to understand. So if we're commanded to understand, it must obviously be possible to understand. So when we go to study the Bible, we've got to go in with that explanation, understanding. I can understand this. God wrote this in such a way that I can understand it, and that will help me be successful in studying. Yeah. Okay, great. All right, Kent goes on. Point B. Except that the Bible is the plenary, verbally inspired word of God. And he used some big words there. Yeah. Break it down for us. Well, plenary, plenary means full, a verbal, word for word. Fully, word for word, what God wanted to be revealed. Okay. And so, in other words, what he's saying there is it, it goes against the idea that the Bible just got some broad, general ideas. I'm going to cherry pick certain concepts out of the Bible. Yeah, like love, brotherly love, yeah. uh, familial love. You know, love is a good concept. That's from God. But the words that were chosen were the actual words God wanted those concepts revealed in. And, and so that's the idea of a plenary verbal inspiration is the idea of full word for word. That the wor- the very words that were in the original text were, uh, were there because God wanted them to be there. And so we've got to approach the Bible with that understanding. If I'm going to be successful in understanding, I need to understand these are the words that God wanted me to read. Yeah. Okay? The third point, accept that the Bible is God's complete and final revelation to humanity. So I, I need to understand that. It's finished. It's, 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 it's everything it's, I need. It's, it's a complete revelation. It's everything. I, so I'm going to read this, and then I hope that. I'll hear something whispered in my ear. I'm going to read this, hope that I have some kind of vision. I'm going to read this, and maybe an angel will appear to me. No, this is it. Yeah, Second Peter 1, verse 3, according as his divine power hath given. No, it's past tense. According his, as his divine power hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. So we've got it. We've got God's complete finished revelation. Okay. The fourth point, except that there is no direct work or illumination of the Holy Spirit to interpret the Bible for us. Yeah, I, I agree with that. And that's becoming a more popular view, even among some of our brethren, that that you sort of the Holy Spirit sort of has to act on you before you can really understand the, the Bible. Well, if that's the case, then that must make God a respecter of persons because he's doing it for some and not for others. Okay. And I don't believe that. Okay. All right, E, accept the proper way to ascertain biblical authority. We've had whole lesson, whole studies on the virtual Bible study and, and will again, no doubt, Lord willing, on how to establish Bible authority. And, and Kent mentions direct statement, implication or inference, and example. Command, example, inference, uh, the, the three ways in which we go to the Bible and figure out from it what we're supposed to be doing. Yeah, so part of this studying is not just an academic exercise. This is something that I can apply to my life. And so how do I look at the Bible and determine this is what God wants me to do? Right. This is what God doesn't want me to do. Yeah. How do I do that? And yeah. he references uh, the, the direct statement, the implication or inference, and the example. Yeah. All right. He says, distinguish between the Old and New Covenants. We just talked, Sean. Yeah, we talked about that, right? Distinguish between matters of faith and opinion. Yeah. Uh, you know, there. Paul wrote about, we won't take time to study that. That would be a good study in itself. But Romans 14. In Romans 14, 
Paul spoke about something that some people had, they had pretty strong convictions about them, but they, they were just their private convictions. They were to be honored, but they weren't supposed to bind their private convictions. Okay. Uh, yeah. Uh, H, distinguish between that which is temporary and that which is permanent. Yeah. I think it may be about miracles, you know, that are maybe the miraculous uh, gifts of the Spirit. Yeah. There were instructions about how those th- gifts needed to be used and the way that they should behave in the church when they were speaking in tongues, for example, or prophesying. That's not uh, a permanent arrangement. That was temporary, and the Scriptures talked about it being temporary. Those aren't things that are binding upon us today. Okay. All right. And uh, we probably need to get have Kent on the line because the, some of these last ones, I'm not sure how he would make the application. Sounds interesting, but... Uh, Distinguished between circumstances and conditions. Distinguished between means and principle. I, I, I guess, I, I mean, there's a, for instance, uh, I'm, I'm not sure. I'm, I'm a little afraid to, to, to suggest okay. what Kent may have meant by distinguished between custom and law. Some things are just done customarily. I know, for instance, Paul uh, in the latter chapters of Acts, shaved his head, took a vow. T- shaved his head, took a vow, but that was just done as as a custom, not as a matter of law. Okay. Uh, distinguished between action and obligation. I don't know. I, I, Kemp may have to give us some insights on those. I'm not exactly sure what those last ones might mean. All right, we need to dist- distinguish between what Kent wrote and what we ought to be <laughs> taken from it. I guess. Yeah. So, thank let's you, Kent, gra- for let's grab our last break. And I, I got. Some, I, I, I I've got some suggestions in my notes that we'll go to when we come back so how do we study the bible we want to make this effective uh we want to understand god's will how do we do that we're going to get to that on the other side of the break as we go to the top of the hour don't go anywhere the virtual bible study continues right after this have you checked out all of the resources on collegeview.com lately check it out now while you listen to these important messages the virtual bible study will be right back after this this is monty overton a member of the college view church of christ thanks for listening to the virtual bible study We appreciate your interest in the Bible. It is, after all, God's message to us. We thought you might be encouraged by a poem written by A.Z. Conrad entitled, The Bible Stands. It goes like this. Century follows century, there it stands. Empires rise and fall and are forgotten, there it stands. Dynasty succeeds dynasty, there it stands. Kings are crowned and uncrowned, there it stands. Emperors decree its extermination, there it stands. Atheists rail against it, there it stands. Agnostics smile cynically, there it stands. Profane, prayerless punsters caricature it, there it stands. Unbelief abandons it, there it stands. Higher critics deny its claimed inspiration, there it stands. The flames are kindled against it, there it stands. The tooth of time gnaws but makes no dent in it, there it stands. Infidels predict its abandonment, there it stands. Modernism tries to explain it away, there it stands. We're tracking the trends on the virtual Bible study. A recent poll found that a slim majority, 56% of Americans, believe in God as described in the Bible. 32% believe in some higher power or spiritual force, but not the God of the Bible. And 10% don't believe in any higher power. That information is via the Pew Research Center. Psalm 41.1 says, The fool has said in his heart, there is no God. Broadcasting around the world with truths that are out of this world. The Virtual Bible Study. Take it away, guys. We're back on the program on the Virtual Bible Studies. We talk about how to study the Bible. Uh, a, a topic suggested by our listener, Sean, is he wanted to 
be more familiar with the Bible and be <coughs> ready to to answer people who may question him, maybe help other people who maybe have things that uh, they need to understand better about the Bible and certainly noble aspirations. We're talking about that on the program tonight. How should we be studying the Bible in order to properly understand it? Okay, so I think Kent had a ton of great ideas, and and so did did, uh, uh, Sean and Dwight in their emails. i got a couple of things to add to that. One is, and, and this goes to the broader question about context. We need to observe the context, but part of context is observe who is speaking and who they're speaking to. That's really important. Observe who's speaking, first of all, because the Bible, uh, the Bible is inspired. It's all inspired of God, but it has inspired record of uninspired words. For instance, uh, did you know the Bible says curse God and die? <laughs> well, it does. It does yeah, say that. Yeah. But those are that's an inspired record of the uninspired words of Job's wife. When Job was suffering so horribly, she she gave the ill advice, curse God and die. She really said that. It's true. She said that. It's, it, what she said is wrong. I mean, it's a wrong concept. But it, but the recording of her words is accurate and true. But you got to. I mean, that's a pretty easy example. But um, you need to uh, pay attention. Who's speaking there? And does that mean that I should do what? Or or how about? Um, they, uh, they commanded them not to speak at all or teach in the name of Jesus. Yeah. Don't, don't, don't talk about speak Jesus. at all or teach it. Really? Who said that? Well, we know that that's the opponents of the apostles who were, who were threatening them and persecuting them. Uh, and, and, and Peter and John rightly said to them in Acts 4, uh, beginning verse 18, uh, whether it be right in the sight of God to hearken unto you more than God judge ye, for we cannot but speak the things which we have seen and heard. And so, uh, who's speaking? Uh, that uh, again, the Bible has words in it that are 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 inact. Or, see, how do I want to say? They're, 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 they're not, definitely not commands. They're not. Us. They're not things we should be doing. They're words of men that are properly recorded by inspiration, but the words themselves are not telling us what we ought to do. Um, so if you just if you just went and have to turn to Job and you read Curse God and Die and you went around cursing God, yeah, not the good not what you're supposed to be doing right, there. Right, right. If you'd read uh, Acts chapter four and you found out that uh, that we weren't speak supposed to speak not, about Jesus. Don't speak at all about Jesus. Uh, no, you didn't you didn't You didn't read observe, it right. You didn't observe you, you, you who was speaking. That's right. Okay. And Observe who is being spoken to. So observe who's speaking and who's being spoken to. Here's here's an example. Acts 1, verse 4, beginning. Being assembled together with them, he commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which, said he, ye have heard of me. For John truly baptized with water, but ye shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence. Okay. Don't leave Jerusalem. Wait a minute. I've never been to Jerusalem. I better, be, hur- I better hurry over there. We all better start congregating there. Yeah. No, this was that was that was an instruction for me. That was instruction for the apostles. The context will bear that out. That the that the instruction was it was Jesus speaking, 
And he told the apostles, but also uh, probably even more important than that, he told the apostles that they would be baptized with the Holy Ghost. That wasn't that promise of Holy Ghost baptism wasn't for us. It was for the apostles. Yeah. Just like the instruction stay in Jerusalem was for the apostles. So was the promise of Holy Spirit baptism. Okay. So observe who's speaking and who is being spoken to. Watch the context in general. I mean, context, context, context. Uh, if you sometimes you take words out of context, you can get them to you can come to a a, a conclusion that's just 180 degrees from what was intended. Politicians are bad to do that with their opponents. Take their words and take snippets, take them out of context, and then say, "Look what he said. Look what yeah. this guy said." Yeah. Uh, but unfortunately, sometimes religiously, those kind of word games are also played. There's a there's kind of a, 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 a if it wasn't such a sad if it wasn't such a serious matter, it'd be kind of a funny illustration. Here's three verses, and if you took just take the snippets and paste them together. Matthew 27, beginning verse three: Judas, which had betrayed him when he saw he was condemned, repented himself. And cast down the pieces of silver in the temple and departed, went and hanged himself. Luke 10, verse 37. Jesus said, Go and do thou likewise. John 13, verse 27. That Jesus said to them, What thou doest, do quickly. Yeah. Jesus went and hanged himself. Go do the same and do it quickly. Mm. Well, that's obviously just ridiculous. But you see how you could, I mean, that's, it's only intended to illustrate if you want to do that. If you're wanting to take statements out of context, you can paste together a, a, a series of instructions that are completely ludicrous. Now, that's ludicrous. But there are people that are literally doing stuff like that in the, in the formulation of the, their doctrines and practices. They're taking things out of context. Yeah. And they're pulling the wool over people's eyes here. And, and they're uh, teaching things that are totally taken out of context. Yeah. Um, Here's here's a, here's a more practical example of how you can ruin your Bible study by failing to observe context. In Luke, or excuse me, in Acts sixteen thirty one, the Philippian jailer was told, "Believe on the Lord Jesus, and thou shalt be saved in thy house." When he asked, "What shall we? What what must I do to be saved?" Or, or men, how, how did he word that in Acts sixteen? The question of the of the Philippian jailer was. Uh, uh, what must I do to be saved? And so when he asked, what must I do to be saved? Paul and uh, uh, Silas said, believe on the Lord Jesus Christ and thou shalt be saved in thy house. So now whatever that means, it, I got to, I got to view that statement in, in its immediate context, but also in the broader context of the whole Bible, it can't contradict something else that the Bible right. says. Right. And so the idea of believing uh, in order to be saved, has to harmonize with, for instance, James two twenty four, which says, "You see that how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only." So, believing unto salvation is obviously faith that leads to works of obedience. And so, I put that all together; it can't contradict. So, you're talking about the immediate context, but you're also talking about the context of the whole Bible. So I've got to make this match up with the immediate context, but it also has to match up with what the rest of the Bible's teaching, taking the whole the whole Bible yeah. on the subject. Yeah. Okay. And a really good rule along that line is let the simpler, 
easier to understand sections of the Bible help with the more difficult ones. Mm-hmm. The Bible is not a difficult book to understand, but there are some places that are more difficult than others. And so a really good rule of thumb is let the easy passages help understand the more difficult ones. Uh, Peter said in Second Peter 3, verse 16, that Paul wrote some things that are hard to understand. But he went on to says those who are un- unlearned and unstable rest those statements of Paul to their own destruction. And so don't don't hang up on the difficult passages of Scripture. I mean, we'll, we'll keep working on the more difficult parts, but the vast majority of the Scripture is easy to understand. Understand that and then tackle the harder ones. And the understanding that you have from the simpler ones will help you understand the more difficult passages. But it's interesting that passage also says, as I do the other Scriptures. So you know, people will, are going to twist and, and rest Scriptures in general. Yeah. They might focus on the harder ones especially, but they're going to do other ones as well. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, we got we, we can understand even the hard ones. We just have to make sure that we're, we're, we're applying the consistent application across yeah. the Scriptures. Yeah. And I had one other note on my, in my list. Use good common sense. You know, that, that's a pretty good principle in common li- sense? life in general. Yeah. Just use some common sense about things. For instance... Um, Here's a a passage, John 3. Jesus said to Nicodemus, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born again, he cannot see the kingdom of God. Nicodemus said to him, How can a man be born when he's old? Can he enter the second time to his mother's womb and be born? Jesus answered, Verily, verily, I say to thee, except a man be born of water and of the Spirit, he cannot enter into the kingdom of God. Okay, so when when we talk about that text... And we say Jesus, when he says born of uh, uh, water and the spirit, when we say that that water is talking about water baptism for their mission. Oh, some some people who wanted to, to argue against baptism say, no, no, no. That's talking about the water of childbirth. That's talking about the amniotic fluid that, that's in a mother's womb. Well, the context of that, Jesus is actually denying that it has anything. He's talking about a, a second birth, a new birth. Not He's talking about to be born again. And he, in the context, he actually says, this has nothing at all to do with being born of your mother. And yet, some people want to go back and say, well, the water there is amniotic fluid. That's the water of physical childbirth. No, Jesus said it's not. Use common sense when you're analyzing that question, all right. and that'll help. All right. So uh, lots of good things to think about as we look at Sean's question about studying the scriptures. Uh, You know, Sean is right to say that we need to understand God's will and we need to be ready to to help others understand it as well Uh, and ready to give an answer. You know, first Peter 315. Yeah. Sanctify the Lord God in your hearts and be ready always to give an answer to every man that asks you a reason of the hope that is in you with meekness and fear. Now. Let me. We need to clarify that though as well, because we don't need to be beating ourselves up. Maybe Sean, Sean can't answer every question. The the verse does not say you need to be ready to answer any question that could get thrown at you. Right? No. I mean, as, if if that's the requirement, we're never going to make it. No. We need to give be ready to give a reason of the hope that's within us. So we need to have basic understanding of the scriptures. And we need to know how to go to the scriptures to find answers to the questions that we may be asked. 
but uh, certainly that will come as we study and as we grow. Yeah. And uh, be ready to give an answer. The give an answer there is uh, is from the Greek apologia, make a defense. Why? Be ready why, to explain why you why believe, do you believe what, what you believe. Yeah. yeah. And 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 so you know, uh, and and I could get better at that. Yeah. Hopefully, we get better at that as time goes on. But we need to be. I think Sean's right. We need to be prepared to give a defense, to explain why we believe what we believe and what we believe. Not going to be easy. It's going to take time. It's going to take commitment. It's and and, take... and I don't know. I'm sure everybody who's listening, you, you can picture in your mind some people that you've known who just seem to be so skilled at, and they were such great Bible students, and they knew the Bible so well, and they were just an encouragement. Some people, some people are better students than others. Some learn better than others or, or learn easier than others. Some apply themselves more thoroughly than others, but we all need to make this a, a, an important priority. All right. Kyle, any final thoughts from you tonight? Uh, certainly an important discussion and an encouragement. What we all can, uh, we should uh, be diligent in, in studying God's work. Yeah, I think we need to make application. That I think it's, and that's that's a hard part. We, when we read what the Bible says, we examine our own lives and we see that we are not doing what the Bible says. We need to have a little less pride and make application and change the things that are wrong in our lives. I think that's a big step and it's something that's very important. All right. You got okay. the Kyle cam going. Thanks, Kyle. By, by popular uh, demand, the Kyle <laughs> cam is, is activated tonight. There you go, Kyle. Thanks, uh, thanks for helping us it's get on the air tonight. Here. Yeah, and Dad, uh, thank you. Thanks, Jacob. Good discussion, good, encouraging discussion. Thanks to Sean again for suggesting the topic. Yeah. Hey, you want to have your topic discussed on the virtual Bible study? It's easy. Send us an email to questions at collegeu dot com with something you think we ought to discuss on this format, and uh, we'd be excited about cons- taking your suggestion and consideration we hope you make plans to be back here this time next week for another edition of the virtual bible study in the meantime we encourage you to put god first in your life study his inspired word of the bible and live by it every day you'll never regret it